Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leavingalegacy. Magic is power. Everyone, welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? Not much, Pat. It is summertime. It is hot. I'm ready to stay inside and play cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's getting warm out there. It is. What what you been up to? Ah, uh, you know, a little of this, a little of that. Um, just a lot of work and stuff. How about you? Uh, same. I've been, uh, you know, playing some Magic Online, though. I'm looking forward to uh, to getting out some card shops soon and play some uh, play some Magic. My sneak and show deck is uh, pretty dusty. I broke it out the other day, Pat, and uh, it's been a couple months since I got to play that in a game. Are you gonna bring that out to some sh- local shops and get some games in? Uh, that's the idea. I wanna. It, it's hard because uh, I now moved kind of far away from all the shops, so I'm like a 45 minute drive from the closest ones. So, yep. I just gotta, you know, man up and actually make the trip and drive yeah. drive out for uh for the for the game. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It makes it tough when there's a long commute. Yep. But uh we have a nice guest on the cast this week, Pat. Yeah, why don't you introduce him, Jerry? Yeah, well, welcome back to the cast uh to regale us with his, you know, wonderful showing. Uh, at uh, Channel Fireball's latest 1K is David Berenstain. Welcome back to the cast, David. Thanks, guys. Um, this time it was definitely not a uh, wonderful show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I think I think last time we had you on, uh, you you did you did quite well for yourself, and uh, this time you have the distinction of was was it dead last? <laughs> Uh, pretty close to dead last. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we wanted to have you on to talk about what it's like to not win a uh, magic tournament. Something I think all of our listeners can relate to. Uh, you definitely lose more tournaments than you win. <laughs> yeah. Um, not getting the EV back on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, last time you were on, you're talking about your death and taxes list. And what, what place did you come in uh, last uh, last one keg? Oh, I think it was I was sixteenth exactly. Sixteenth exactly. Awesome. Yeah. That was that was your first uh, big tournament, right? Mm, that was the second time I went to second big, big tournament. So, yeah. So is this uh, your your third one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so bringing it back, were you playing Death and Taxes again? Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened? <laughs> when, uh- <laughs> it, it's always hard. I know when you, you want to like follow up your previous success and like, yeah, I'm going to run it back, and then you just get smacked down. <laughs> yeah. Well. It- Especially after the second or the most recent time, because I was in my win and then for top eight and like mm-hmm. this crazy series of events happens. That's how I lost. Um, but yeah, it basically I went against the uh, the four color Zenith deck in my first round, which is a pretty bad matchup for Dozen Texas because they they like go over us in terms of the grind because they get like Primeval Titan and uh, and now they're running Omnath, which is really annoying. Mm-hmm. Really, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, actually, there was a moment in that game where I was, you know, deciding to Skyclave the Omnath or Skyclave the Uro. And that was a really hard decision because, like, they're both, like, basically infinite value engines. Right. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you went with the Uro? Yeah, I killed the Uro, and then he just, like, played a fetch land. And I was like, what happens? And I was like, oh, you make a bunch of mana, and you do this, and you do you gain, that. You gain four life. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> Add a four lot. mana, deals four damage to each opponent. Yeah, that's a lot. So we got whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain four life. Uh, you add four mana, and you deal four damage to each opponent and each planeswalker you don't control. That's uh, that's pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of them had to go, but... <clears throat> Yeah, apparently it should have been the Omnath, but I wasn't in a good spot anyway. Yeah, it was just a super grindy thing. And then we both mulled the five in the third match, and I bottomed the Wasteland. And they were able, they still had Fetchland into uh, Green Sensitive for one, which is just, you know, backbreaking because they just put the Dryad Arbor on the battlefield, and then they can generally hit like a turn two Uro after that. And that's like really a lot of value. 
Right. Yeah. So that one kind of cleaned up. Um, sort of expected to lose it. You know, it was a hard fought sort of game. I took a game off of uh, off of them, and then I moved on to uh, play against Maverick. Just playing against my buddy, um, where I just like horrifically punted basically a couple times. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, like one of them, it was I fetched a Jitte off my Stoneforge Mystic and equipped it to the Stoneforge Mystic. And then I swung at his Quasali Pride Mage, thinking it was a good idea to one, get the Jitte, and two, to swing at the 2 2 with a 1 2 that can blow up the Jitte. So he just like blocked, blew up the, you know, blocked damage with the trigger to make the counters on the stack. He blew up the Jitte and I was like, oh, I just like three for one myself or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was a bad time. Now, I, it's been a while since I've seen the Death and Tyson Maverick matchup. How, how do you feel that is normally? Um, well, we can grind for a lot longer than them. So yeah. it's actually pretty good. We just have to like, you know, sit there for a long time. So. Yeah, because I mean, traditionally in the past, I, I always felt Maverick did a little better than um, Death and Taxes because Maverick could, uh, you know, go bigger with things like Night of the Reliquary. But now that things like, you know, Prismatic Ending has been printed and we have the Uro Death and Taxes list, I feel that mm-hmm. definitely kind of changes that matchup uh, win percentages quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, I think that um, Maverick, you know, it's not that the deck is. Um, bad it's just surrounded by this crazy value engine type of stuff and i was actually just playing naya depths today and it's just this wild deck that lets you just like ramp with flagstones with the reclaimers and just tutor almost whenever you want because you have so many tutor effects and you're able to basically be maverick plus the dark depths combo mm-hmm. yeah it definitely feels like traditional maverick has kind of been left behind just from a, you know, deck construction theory basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the metagame is sort of, the metagame is sort of like ignoring combo almost right now. It's all these like weird fair piles that are super uh, grindy and, you know, combo. I don't know. I think I heard uh, maybe on a different podcast that the graveyard was getting ignored, but. Yeah. That's something I wanted to talk about too. Uh, when we get into, when we go over the challenge, because the only combo decks showing up in the top 16 of the challenge are some very unusual combo decks. So I definitely want to put a pin in that and then talk about that in a bit because yeah, combo is definitely missing from the meta right now. Yeah. Um, so I moved on to my third match. I can't even remember what it was. I think I won. That was cool. Um, I was very tired uh, driving down there because people, you know, they drive all across the state and I got there really early. So I basically like stood in the sun uh, waiting for like Honorog to get in there and set everything up and the doors to open. And yeah, by the time I actually sat down to play, it was sort of, I was sort of just like exhausted. And then I played later on in the match, I played against Doomsday and I was just like, Oh man, like, you know, maybe that actually, that was my third match. Yeah. I played against Doomsday <laughs> and the guy was trying to convince me that it was a good matchup for me the whole time. But I, I beat him somehow. It's like the worst matchup we have. So <laughs> I don't know what he, happened. He he defeated himself. He was so convinced hmm. that you were going to yeah. win. It became a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> yeah. I remember like he like duressed me and I was like, there's nothing in there for you to take. <laughs> like, there, there was a few things that happened that just <laughs> sort of didn't really go his way. Um, but yeah, I played against like 60 card death and taxes after that. I lost that actually because I was getting double ported. But yeah, I mean, after you kind of know you're knocked out, it's just like, well, do I just leave? Because a couple of my friends that get, you know, sort of knocked out of the top eight running and they just like left. They were like, you know, I don't want to spend another, you know, three hours here playing the rest of these matches out. Yeah, that's that's something I really wanted to talk to you about. So, you know, as a, a fairly new legacy player, you know, only a couple of tournaments under your belt. You know, how, do, how does it feel, you know, to get knocked out? Did you just want to stay? Because, like, some people, they're just happy to be there. You know, they don't even care about prizes. They, they're they paying their money so they can uh, play their matches, and they don't care where in the bracket they fall. Are you, are you like that, or are you more of a competitive, you know, as soon as I'm out of prizes, I'm out the door? Um, I like 
playing just to get more practice in paper because I've probably played like less than a hundred matches in paper of magic. Cause I started mm-hmm. on magic online, like started playing magic on magic online. So yep. I still do things in paper. Like oh, I'll play recruiter of the garden, say trigger. And they're like, yeah, dude, the trick, like the trigger resolves. <laughs> like I'm not going to stifle your trigger. So I just, um, it leads to like sort of slow gameplay sometimes, which you know, it has me like overthink things or it's like, you know, if it was on Magic Online, maybe I would just be like, yeah, you know, like I'll be able to click through it. I can't like press a button and move through um, the game in paper. <laughs> yeah, right. And it you definitely it leads to kind of missing things. Uh, I like that's why I've been trying to play more paper magic, go to stores and play is because, you know, I've been playing Magic Online so much that I definitely am very rusty on my paper skills that I take for granted with Magic Online. Like you're shuffling? Yeah, I got I got carpal tunnel. Carpal tunnel in the hands, just shuffling my deck. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so do I, because I've got such a fat deck. Um, but yeah, like something happened in paper the other day where I, I could have... Uh, played Yorion and like flickered my flickerwist to flicker their land for a whole turn. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, I thought my end step like didn't exist because I, I like couldn't see it in front of my face, you know, as an option or a stage in the in the turn that happens. So I just like didn't do it. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's sort of hard to move into paper magic because you can kind of be quick and talk to your opponent about oh you know like what were your outs and you know, all these sorts of things and shortcutting mm-hmm. and fetching and um, all that sort of stuff that I you sort of miss on Magic Online where all of it happens. So you said you started playing Magic on Magic Online, like your first matches were not in paper? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Actually, no, I will say a couple of my first matches, I think, were in paper. And then mm-hmm. it was quickly moved to Magic Online because of COVID. Oh, gotcha. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But definitely, like, your first competitive matches were Magic Online. Like, so you, oh, yeah. you just kind of, like, learn the game quickly in paper and then move to Magic Online? Yeah. Um, you know, I started with drafts, and it was sort of fun to play draft because it was in paper, and it was it was cool to learn because people were are really willing to teach you at draft. And then I moved to Magic Online because I didn't own any cards, and I still don't really own any cards. I really only just own Death and Taxes and a couple valuable cards. Um, so I don't think we, so did you decide to stay in the tournament to get more reps in or what was your kind of decision there? Yeah, I stayed, I stayed to, uh, to get the reps in with, uh, with paper. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, what, what came next? I think the DNT match might've been my last match. Um, oh no, actually at, at one point, yeah, DNT match was my last match. The match before that, was uh delver and you know it's supposed to be a good matchup but i had played a timeless dragon and they bolted it in their upkeep fetched for mystic sanctuary to put the bolt back and then they drew the bolt and bolted it again and that was sort of the uh end of the road <laughs> for that <laughs> uh match because he had done some other uh, really cheeky stuff because if they get a really fast start you can lose i think a lot of decks lose to like triple delver flipped you know it's really hard to beat that kind of start mm-hmm. yeah um but it was generally just like a i don't know it's weird when you get down to those like lower tables because everybody sort of knows that they're out of the running and you know they're sort of just uh you know shooting the shit like my doomsday opponent he was like well i could make this pile and then we could go through all the turns but you know i know you so i'm just going to show you the cards and tell you how it's going to work and i was like sure mm-hmm whatever <laughs> um honestly that's some of my most enjoyable tournaments is just like hanging out and just like people are just doing fun stuff for the sake of being fun um yeah you know when it it's it's kind of a, a relief when you're knocked out of prizes that you can just kind of play for the enjoyment of playing yeah totally and i was like this is refreshing you know we don't have to have somebody call a judge or whatever like i'll you just do it you know say what you're gonna do i'll believe you and then look at the cards and verified that this is the way this works and it'll be it'll be done it was funny because my um death and taxes opponent later on was so serious and i was like dude we are like in match number like the last match or something and we none of us are making any money out of this thing like just you know chill (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's um 
it's weird playing in paper because you do have those like spikes that are like, you know, I'm going to call a judge if you blink in the wrong direction or you do this or do that. Right. Uh, I hate those like that. That's one of the things I'm least looking forward to about getting back into competitive, <laughs> competitive paper magic. <laughs> it's just like the people who take it way too seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Like my first time I was at CFB, somebody did the bat and I've never even like met a judge. And when I was there, so when they called the judge on me, I was like, I don't even know how this works. Like, what are they going to do? And they're so serious. It's like, um, you know, I understand why they're so serious, I guess. But I mean, we're playing for like tops, like 200 bucks store credit. So we can get like further invested in this game. You know, it's not like we're um, we're playing for cash prizes. Um, I, I have a quick I have a quick story there. Uh, I won't say who this this player was, but I'll just say their name rhymes with uh, Bird and Cheaty. And uh, I saw him playing against uh, a person and his opponent cast Ponder and his opponent like picked up the three cards with Ponder in his right hand and then had his hand in his left hand, you know, two, two separate things, three cards and Ponder on the right hand on the left Mm -hmm. and the corner of his left hand cards touched the corner of his right hand cards. Like, like just like, just like kiss the corner. And he immediately just went judge. <laughs> and oh there was like a, a group of like 10 people watching this match standing around them. And the judge comes over and goes, uh, he, he, he added the ponder cards to his hand. They touched. And the judge is like, well, okay. So it's, uh, it's like, uh, did the cards touch and his opponents? Like, well, yeah, technically, but I mean, like, these are my, like everyone here knows these are my three ponder cards and these are my, my, my hands. Like, they're separate. They never got mixed together. And he's like, well, technically, according to the rules, if they touch, they've been mixed together. And so, uh, you know, I'm going to have to issue a rules infraction. <laughs> and just wow. like, that's the sort of bullshit that just like, I, I hate about competitive magic. Yeah, that's so dumb. yeah, I mean, the rules are the rules, though. Like, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, if you're playing for money, I, I, there, no, I kind of like is, holding people is, accountable to the rules. No, you know? that is straight rules lawyering right there. The rules <laughs> exist. It's, Jerry, it's, it's part of the game. The it's, rules it's exist. It's not illegal to call a judge, man. The it's rules exist to keep it fair. The rules do not yeah. exist to gain an unfair advantage. And I, I 100 Yeah, but everyone's got to play by the same game. rules. What is the purpose of that rule, though? The purpose of that rule is so that you don't, you know, shuffle your your ponder cards into your hands and, you know, uh, turn ponder into a, I, sup- a super filter. I cannot believe you are sullying Burton Cheney's name like this, Jerry. I am shocked. <laughs> I didn't say his name. You did. I didn't say his name. <laughs> <laughs> eh, fuck that guy. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, but i I mean like there i think well i mean i get i get where where you're coming from Um, like the the purpose of that rule is to ensure that the ponder cards stay separate from your hands at no no, point in this was there any any confusion then that then the rule should be amended right then the the issue is the rule the rule should be fixed because if the rule allows for people to angle shoot, then that's a problem with the rule. No, see that that's the, the same argument I hear. That's the same argument I hear. Just like, man, companies shouldn't dump toxic waste into the you know water supply, and then people are like, well, if that's how you feel, you should you know write your senator and have the laws change. It's like, no, fuck that shit. <laughs> you know, this is yeah. This hey. is, everyone views this as being detrimental. Why do we need to go through like the rigmarole in order to fix something that everyone knows is absolute bullshit? That's because that's how democracy works, Jerry. The only thing you have that are, are laws, right? That's all you have that holds everything together. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Like, you're there's not, no. There, you're not are, wrong. Are, you're like, not wrong. Name a gentleman. Also, name a quote unquote right. gentleman's agreement you're that, that actually wrong. correct. You're not wrong, <laughs> but you're not right either. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's the story of my life, honestly. <laughs> Dude, it is so hot in my office. So I was absent the first like 10 minutes of the podcast because I usually have like this, this nice, like high velocity fan in, in this room, but I put it in my kids room because it's been warm the past couple of days and I don't want them sweating in there. So I went to go take one of my kids like fans they are not using. And the first one, I don't know if you guys heard it, but every time I fired it up, it sounded like an air, like a jet engine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's wrong with the fan. So then I had to go get the other fan. And of course, the other fan is broken. So I'm in here like trying to reassemble the fan, drip sweating right now. It's terrible. This is terrible. I fucking hate the summer, man. I hate it. Suffer is it good that it's it's May. I mean, when you guys said summer, I was like, is May summer? Like, is in nah, it's listen, like I'm a New England guy. So like I if it's over 65, uh, it's starting to get uncomfortably hot for me. 
David, listen, in Massachusetts, as soon as the last snowbank melts, it's officially summer. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but like how many degrees is it right now in your house? It's probably like it, it, like in this room, it's probably like 75, maybe 80 degrees. It's too hot for me. Like, yeah, especially because I've already sh- I've already taken my shower. Like I just showered like a couple hours ago. So like I was ready to like cool off of it for the end of the rest of the day, you know? Yeah. And now I'm up here fucking sweating. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm not happy, guys. <laughs> you can be like my apartment, Pat. We we have to. I'm on the third floor, so we turn the air conditioner on oh, today because all the heat yeah. rises up here. We of have course, the air conditioner yeah. on, but the building unit hasn't turned the heat off in the hallway, so it's like no. 110 oh, degrees in the hallway. That yeah, is like the heat running. <laughs> That's honestly like a fucking war crime. Like you should be able to take someone <laughs> to the hate for that. That's awful. <laughs> Like I open my door and it's like I'm I'm like stepping into the fires of hell. <laughs> like that's oh how my hot gosh. it is. That is horrible. So so I should also mention that my boys' room and my my podcasting office are both on the second floor of my house. My mm-hmm. master bedroom's on the first floor, so it's much cooler on the first floor. As soon as I came upstairs, I was like, oh, it's hot in this room. So I open up the I open up the window. It starts pouring and thundering. So I'm like, oh, that's not going to work. Then I had to find a fan, and it's just been awful, guys. It's been terrible, but you know, mm-hmm. we're hanging in there. I don't even think it's 80 degrees in California right now. So I don't know what heat you got well, in Massachusetts. Don't don't worry. Well, you know, it'll be like it'll be like 50 degrees tomorrow. That's how. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think it's like the highs. The highs for the rest of the week are like like low 70s, which is like I'm fine with. But I spent I spent most of my day today in a three decker in Worcester doing electrical work. So like I, I didn't want it. I don't want any more heat in my day. And I, I can't yeah. avoid it. So <laughs> you got you got sick of the heat. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm tired yeah. of it. I'm uh, I'm like one of those guys where like, listen, if I'm working, I could be drenched in sweat. Don't care. As soon as mm-hmm. I get home and I take a shower, I want to I don't want to I don't want to be to sweat. I don't want to like work up like even like a moisture on my skin. I want to be like I want to be cold when I get home. I want to live in a freezer. You know, you, Pat, you just got to You got to drink a bunch of hot sauce to balance it out. Oh, so uh, are you familiar with the show Hot Ones, Jerry? I am. I actually have the Hot Ones lineup of hot sauce in my dining okay, room so, right now. So you will appreciate this. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was at my friend uh, Steph's house, and she had a bottle of The Last Dab. And I'm like, I have to try this stuff. It's like 2 million plus Scoville units. I have to try it. Yep. Meanwhile, I don't like spicy food at all. Like, I'm not like a spicy <laughs> food guy. But I like this show so much that I'm like, I have to try it. I ha- you have to try it, right? Oh, yeah. You got it. It was hot, Jerry. It was real hot. My eyes were like, I had like, tears hot. pouring down my face. Like, it was hot. It was maybe hot. We'll, Pat, maybe we'll do this as like the halftime show for the Leaving a Legacy event. I have Dude. the Hot Ones lineup of hot sauce, and we can Jer- do a Jerry. little uh, uh, wing eating contest. We should do that instead of instead of streaming the event. We should just do like an entire Hot Ones episode. It'll be way better. <laughs> Like we can have the stream on in the background, people. You can like you can like watch it, but commentary is just us eating hot wings. Oh, should we do that for the top eight? Like like during commentary for the top eight, we're just going through the hot <laughs> <ones> lineup. <laughs> it's just Jerry and I sweating and crying in that little booth. That sounds Dude, awesome. I I did so. The reason why I have it is my friend like sent it to like the group of us, and we all did it together on Zoom. It is yep. painful. Like that, that stuff is hot. Yeah. <laughs> like once you get to like, I feel like once you get, I mean, I haven't, like I said, I've only had the last dab. So that is the top. That is the, that is number 10 out of 10. But so, I imagine like. So number eight, I actually think is the worst. So number 10, the last yes. dab is definitely the hottest, but it has some flavor. Yeah. Number eight is just like pain in a bottle. There is, yeah. there's no like flavor to latch onto. It's literally just like needles on your tongue and that is it <laughs> so jerry i actually own an air fryer and i could 100 air fry a bunch of wings for us to do this in like we could 100 do this for the top All eight right. i think that we're, be really we're gonna do yeah top top eight of the leaving legacy open we're doing a hot ones challenge while commentating <laughs> maybe for like every maybe for every new patreon supporter we get during the event we'll do we'll do a wing and we'll just yes. move up the up the rank <laughs> I love that. Let's let's do that. So funny. Oh man! All right, sorry, I completely derailed us because I'm um, I'm just like I'm still sweating up here, but it's all right now. I'm talking about hot wings, so I'm happy. Uh, so David, so what 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 was up next in your tournament? Um, basically, I watched my friend uh, scrub out. He left, and I was like so shocked he left because I was like, "What do you mean? This is paper magic. I have to practice, and you know, we have to play or, or whatever." And um, I watched the top eight. Oh, I watched the top eight, which actually was a split. My uh, buddy got in the top eight, and then they just split because, you know, paper magic takes so long. I think by the time mm. that they actually got to top eight, 
or just start playing it. It was like six or 7 p.m. And everyone's just like, oh, I'll take my, you know, 100 bucks and go. Oh, it was just like a smarter idea because I think when you play for first, you only get like 200 or something. I mean, at that, that number, like a thousand, you know, you might as well just split it for everyone to split. Yeah. Generally, mm-hmm. splitting at top four makes the most like financial sense. Yeah. That's actually what happened at, at um, CFB number two the last time it was done. Honor Rog and a few other people split the top four. Yeah. Because Honor was like, I, I got to go back to, you know. Um, you know, because everyone had driven, right? Like an hour that, you know, it was pretty rare that somebody just like lives next to CFB, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Actually, after that, um, the whole thing ended. I uh, sat in a cafe with a buddy of mine and we just like played his decks and, and hung out and, you know, it was, it was super fun. It's awesome. Yeah. So what what lessons are you taking away from it? You know, you, you, you tasted the, the sweetness of victory and now the bitterness of defeat. You know, what, what lessons are you taking away for uh, next time? Um, you know, magic is a game of variance, whether it's going to be in paper or not. And I'm not going to blame it all on variance, obviously, but, you know, you have to learn a lot of stuff in legacy and to play those matches, you have to have a different mindset for every single one. And what I've learned, I guess, is just that you don't be too hard on yourself, you know, cause I'm, I'm sort of there just to see my friends and have fun. I'm not really caring that much if I win the store credit. It's, it'd be nice if I did, you know, just to have those sort of those wins and those cool plays that you can get through it <clears throat> and, and do it that way. Um, but it's definitely not something that's required. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's a good way to think about it. You know, that's a good way, approach to it. You know, as long as you're enjoying the game, you know, you, you come away a winner as cheesy as that sounds. <laughs> Yeah. 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 It is um, a really fun game to play. And it's one of the only games that you can actually sit down and play with other people for as long as you want. And no one can stop you. I mean, I could go to Starbucks with a friend of mine and we could play all day. Yep. Yeah. That's great. Uh, Well, that's awesome for the 1K. When's the next uh, CFB 1K next month? I don't know. Yeah, it might be in a couple months because they, they have been super popular. Yeah. Um, and a lot of new players actually show up. So, I mean, hey, that's good to hear. I like hearing that. Yeah. And new players on like Doomsday, you know, like that's like six grand. I mean, how did you, you know? And I could <laughs> tell the new players because they cast Doomsday and then they shuffle their graveyard into their library. And then that's like a game loss or a game violation because you have to pick the cards individually out of the graveyard because of the way Doomsday is worded. Oh, uh, yeah. Because the order matters. It's one of the few like graveyard matters uh, cards. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a nice mix of people at the CFP thing. Cause actually the person who got um, number one of the CFP thing was Alan Wu. Who's like a, he's a pro tour uh, guy. If you have that, do I have that right? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So it's just like a cool mix of people where there are some super good players and then there are some super new players. And it's a, uh, it's nice that legacy is like, growing i don't know why this started growing now maybe it was modern hardens too or or modern being really expensive or something but it really is um growing and it's it's been great to see so my personal theory is that like legacy is would always be the most popular format if it wasn't for the price barrier and now that the other formats price barriers are getting higher and higher while legacy is more or less staying the same like legacy is going up as well but not as much as something like modern is yeah. So I think you're just seeing lots of people who are like, well, if I'm going to spend the money, I might as well spend the money on a legacy deck and play in a, like a pretty cool format. Yeah. Yeah. And, and have more of an, um, you know, insurance against uh, new printings and stuff, because I think even on like a podcast I heard a while ago, they were talking about the, the uptick in modern prices and they were just like, you know, if I'm going to spend two grand on a deck, why would I buy a modern deck? I would just buy, you know, Mox diamonds or something. I would just play legacy because, those card prices just don't drop generally. Yeah, exactly. Especially in this this economy and this uh, <laughs> economic <laughs> situation, you know, the magic card investments is looking pretty good. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's really cool to see all these new people for sure. Uh, so that was the CFB event. Uh, we haven't taken a look at a challenge in a while, and I did want to kind of just uh bring that up because there's been some spicy developments with the uh, release of. Oh, I'm blanking on the name. What's what's the new set called? The Streets of New Capenna. 
Streets of New Capenna. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a set that I'm never going to remember. And like 10 years from now, I'm like, yeah, the 1920s gangster set. That set. <laughs> <laughs> like Streets of New Capenna does not roll off the tongue like Ravnica. <laughs> it does not. It really doesn't. Um, but we got some uh, some spicy new cards uh, in in uh, Streets of New Capenna. Well, uh, I think, Pat, we we missed both of them during spoilers. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, we we were we were uh, cursory at best when it came to spoilers for this. Yeah, set. I don't even think we ended up even looking at the full spoiler. We just didn't really care that much. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, these ones snuck in there, and even if we did see these, Pat, I don't think we would necessarily bring them up because they don't seem like they're like that obvious. Uh, auto. I, I I don't even like the one that we're going to talk about. To be honest with you. Yeah, well, so which one? So I think one of them is definitely better than the other. Uh, so let, let's okay. talk about the blue-red one, because I feel that one's less of an impact, even though I know a lot of other podcasts have been talking about it. And mm-hmm. I don't really want to beat this dead horse, but it just bears mentioning uh, uh, Ledger Shredder uh, is uh, seeing play in replacing Delver in some blue-red Delver lists. Yeah, I think the card kind of sucks, to be honest. But yeah, so Ledger anytime Shredder... Someone gets to, anytime someone gets to... Uh, What's it called? Uh, what's that effect? Uh, oh my gosh! Loot, I am loot. totally it's, it's a loot. blanking. Loot, rummage. Loot. No loot. loot. Yeah, <laughs> loot. Rummage is when you discard first and then drive. That's because you're rummaging yeah, through yeah, the yeah. trash. Looting is like you know you're taking the good stuff first. Ah. Right. Yeah. So I guess people love to loot, right? And like it's going to happen uh, a lot in Legacy. Clearly. Well, it's more than just a loot. So let's, so let's read the card for any of our listeners who might not okay. have seen it yet. So Ledger Shredder. One in a blue for a one three bird advisor. I do love me my my bird creature type, Pat. My didn't fl- you play? A, so what? Didn't you play against a bird deck in GP Columbus? Is that where I remember you playing yes. against a bird deck? Yeah, and yeah. I loved it because my <laughs> my first ever Magic deck I ever put together was Bird Soldiers because Bird Soldiers yes, yeah. was, a, was a sub theme in Onslaught, which was the set I started in. And so I had like Brigandier Commander, which is uh, it's like three white, white, white <laughs> for a three, three. And it's like all birds get plus one, plus one and all soldiers get plus one, plus one. So I just had a bird soldier deck. <laughs> so they got plus two, plus two. It was terrible, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, so Ledger Shredder, one in a blue for a one, three bird advisor with flying. Whenever a player casts their second spell each turn, Ledger Shredder connives which right. annoys me that they don't even so, bother putting the reminder text on this, but connives is draw a card, then discard a card. If you discarded a non-land card, put a plus one plus right. one counter on this creature. On this creature, you're right. So, but it, you only get to do it once per per time that it happens, right? It's not like cast their second spell and their third spell and their fourth spell. Like, so... Yeah, it's only when you cast your second, second spell. Though the thing correct. is... Correct, when a player. So it could, you, it I mean, technically it could be activated twice each turn. Yeah, because it triggers right. for your opponent if your opponent plays two cards. So I could see like in right. a counter, like playing against a combo deck, and you get into a counter magic war. Like, sure, you get you could ideally get two counters on this, but I agree with you, Pat. I, I just don't see what the hype is around it. It's it's a one three for two mana that flies. Like, I mean, we've de- I've definitely played worse cards in blue red Delver. Like, and <laughs> looting, is a, looting is a looting is a good effect. It is conditional, but I imagine that it's activated often enough that it's like somewhat reliable but i just i don't i don't see cutting delver for it like that's what i don't get (laughs) well they've been this deck's been cutting delver just i think (laughs) i think we're getting a little too cutesy with the blue red delver list to be honest with you like the blue red list we're cutting delver just to just to cut it just you know it's like one of those things that we're like you know we asked if we could you know we 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 wanted to do it we never even asked if it if if it's necessary kind of thing you know Like I, I just think we're flying too, too close busy. to the sun here, Jerry, with this deck. Like the further, the further and further we get from Counterburn, the less and less I like this deck. It makes me want to just fucking uh, sell I my my volcanics and I can't I wait. Know, so between goblins, between this and Merktide Regent, and then uh, like Storm Stormbreaker, I, like I'm I, I'm waiting for someone to bring like Blue Red Delver running Chalice of the Void because it's all two drops, <laughs> like yeah, iterations, seriously, phases. like cut the brainstorm days and Delvers. We're running Chalice of the Void, Blue Red Delver. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just like the like I said, I it's been such a damper on my love for this for this like this format because 
it gets further and further from the blue red delver that i really love to play but it, i mean you know what can you I, I feel for you pat it's hard when your favorite deck it's like i didn't leave my party my party left me like <laughs> i didn't leave blue red delver <laughs> blue red delver left me <laughs> yeah and i think the biggest problem with delver right now is that there is like a best list you know and mm-hmm. there's not this cute sort of thing when i got into legacy there were like seven different variations of delver because people were able to try different things because Modern Horizons 2 hadn't come out yet. So there was the mm-hmm. young Pyromancer version and the uh, Monster Swiss Fear version and the is a, is a Dragon card version. And there were all these cute mm-hmm. little versions. And now it's sort of just like this one stock thing. And if you can't really experiment with your deck and you know think, oh man, I'm going to add this card, it, I think it takes a lot away from from playing the game yeah so i'm gonna push back a little bit on that and just say like yes like there's there's been like versions of of the deck but i do think that like basically at any given point there is like what is considered like the best version of blue red delver like it might change from Mm -hmm. you know from january to march of any given year or whatever but like i i would say that like i don't think there was i can't think of a time unless it's like well hmm all right so the only time I can think of there being like a few distinct different versions of Blue Red Delver is probably once we saw like Dragon Rage. Cause I, I guess like, well, we had, okay. Now I'm kind of like going back. I'm kind of getting like an aneurysm here because we had like a bunch of cards like light up the stage, which we tried. And there was that, uh, the Dorat's pet that we tried. You know, that I think that's that Blue Red Dragon or the Blue Red Sprite. Um, so like, mm-hmm. there are like iterations and the de- people definitely try stuff with the deck. But I don't know, man. I just love the four bolt three, like three to four chain lightning version. I just yeah. I miss that version. I miss the Swift Spear version. You're just because well, you want to play just... burn. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. really what it is. Is like I just love the blue red, like the super aggressive blue red counter burn deck. It's just I just thought it was the best, the most fun Magic to play, even mm. if it wasn't even the best deck. Because like for a long time when I was playing it, it wasn't like in the top three decks in the format. You know what I mean? Mm. Um. But it was just super fun to play. But say la vie, the world marches. No, I'm going to say every podcast we talk about Blue Red Delver, <laughs> Jerry, I'm going to harken back to the golden age of magic, which was like 2016, 2017. <laughs> Makes okay. me sad. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. There also is a weird idea now with uh, Delver 2 is that my friend really likes Days. And I was talking to him mm-hmm. about it. And I was like, oh, just play Delver. It's like the only deck that really plays Days. And he's like, oh, what? I want to be the bad guy. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, yeah. it's a game. Like, just be the bad guy. If you don't want to, yeah. you know, you just that play is, the game, right? Like, that is honestly, the bad guys are always the coolest ones in the game, in the movies anyway. Like, <laughs> who wants to be Luke Skywalker? Everyone wants to be Darth Vader, you know? <laughs> no, everyone wants to be Boba Fett. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. Well, that is true. I have a Boba <laughs> Fett sitting on my, on my desk right now. And I have two Boba Fett tattoos. So yes, that is true, Jerry. Ooh. Everyone wants to be Boba Fett. I you know, David, I never actually like realized that, but you're right. Blue Red Delver is one of the few decks still playing days. And it's interesting yeah. that people are calling for its banning. And it is just, you know, in one single deck in the format. Yeah, Doomsday has cut it uh, for like Cabal Ritual. Uh, in fact, exists, played by one man. Uh, and they play days. <laughs> Zach, He's very Zach committed, Zuck though. Only. <laughs> But yeah, Days is really just not seeing a lot of play mm. right now unless you're playing Delver. But even Delver, people have cut some of the Dazes or what is mm-hmm. that, like no Delver version that's supposed to go over the top of the Delver version because it's slower. It's like, it's so inbred. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, but like it is really the only deck that plays Days. And my buddy has Amonkhet Dazes, you know? Like he needs to play the card somewhere, right? I mean, I love um, my days yeah. too because years and years ago, I got my days altered to be Men in Black with uh, the Neuralizer. So, like the the days guys, like holding the Men in Black Neuralizer, wearing the sunglasses. So, mm. I love those alters, and I do not get a chance to play them very often. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it also is just the fact that, like, wait, is has has Sneak and Show gotten rid of dazes? Yeah, I mean, they'll it'll show up in Sneak and Show occasionally, but those people are okay. wrong. They're wrong. <laughs> really okay yeah is it just because you have access to like force negation now like there's no point running days no it's because the mana base is terrible for days in in sneak and shell like you go oh fair you go ancient tomb lotus petal show and tell and what are you going to do with that days in your hands totally yeah okay that's fair (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, the mana base just doesn't line up with it. So people have run days in, in sneak and show, but I've, I've never liked it in the list. I, we talked about that yeah. when, uh, Brian cook was on the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like, yeah, days will pop up here and there, but it's just, it's nowhere near as omnipresent as it used to be. And I think it is just because mm-hmm. like tempo decks in general have just all consolidated into blue red Del- Delver. Like if, if you're playing tempo, you're playing blue red Delver. Yeah. So that's Lead Shredder. I think the more interesting uh, new card to talk about, though, that is seeing a lot of widespread uh, use is Unlicensed Hearse. Okay, yeah, I'm not familiar with this one. Yeah, Unlicensed Hearse is a vehicle, uh, two colorless for a star star, crew of two, and it has tap, exile up to two target cards from a single graveyard, Unlicensed Hearse, power and toughness, are each equal to the number of cards exiled with it. So this is interesting in that it's a colorless uh, threat that can go into any deck that's also Mm -hmm. graveyard hate and can also eventually be a win condition. So it's it's basically if like, hey, what if your Relic of Progenitus late game could pick itself up and start beating face? (laughs) (laughs) It's Yeah, it's kind of a cool kind of a cool card. Like it's definitely like... um, I mean, imagine if you get to like uh, exile an Emrakul with it. <laughs> well, no, I guess so Emrakul wouldn't be not, in the graveyard. It's not, well, it's well, the, it's, the well, yeah. stack, you could do it if you really want. Pat, to, it, yes. It's not. It's not equal to the power and toughness of the creature you exile. It's equal to the number of cards you exile. Oh, oh, oh. oh so you mind. exile two cards a turn with it. So every turn, it so it's a two-two, then a four-four, then a six-six, then an eight-eight. Oh, okay. I misread. I misread that. Oh, that's not nearly as exciting, but it's still kind of cool how it it is like graveyard hate, like you said. I mean, it gets it gets big fairly quickly just doing incidental advantage of things that you want to do. Like in this mm. format, you like against Blue Red Delver and keeping Merc Tides down. Like you generally do just want to be exiling your opponent's graveyard every turn. Right. Hmm. And it's also targeted like you choose which cards to exile. Yes. It's not any two cards. That's extremely right. important because Relic, they just exile a Feshland or whatever. They don't care. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's but this you can way. snipe their creature. I mean, it's it's really awesome. And today I was playing Reanimator, and they did that on their turn one, and I was like, "Oh, this might as well be rest in peace." When am I going to have two creature or three creatures in the graveyard to reanimate? Yeah. There's no way. Oh yeah, so you were you were playing Reanimator, and you just couldn't get in front of it. Yeah, they just they just played it, and I'm like, "Oh, well, I was going to do all this stuff, and now you have this." <laughs> Reanimator needs here. to start running buried alive just to get three creatures in the graveyard <laughs> to go off. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they need to do because it's an artifact vehicle, which means you can use it right away. It's not a uh, creature. Yeah, that's true. It's it's not a creature until you crew it, so you can just yep. immediately use it. Yeah, and you might as well be using it every single turn. Yep. Um. Yeah, it's awesome. And especially and then, in like in mono red, it's seeing play. And those all those guys do is make a bunch of idiots that just can all drive the stupid thing, right? Yeah, and then by by turn four, it's a six six. Like that's nothing to sneeze at. It's six six on turn yeah. four that gets bigger each and every turn. So that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, so we're seeing it, it pop up. It's definitely uh the most played just is in variety of decks because it's showing up in uh mono red prison is making a comeback because of it. Um, it's showing up in, uh, in freaking slivers, uh, Siver, <laughs> slivers is playing it. <laughs> um, and then also, uh, I saw it in, um, uh, what was the other deck running it? Uh, was it Cephalid breakfast? I think Cephalid breakfast might've been running it too. I mean, it's free to add to your deck almost. Cause it's just yeah, like, graveyard, you, right? like, do you, do you have at least two power of creatures? You can run this creature, this, uh, card. And it's in, in its incidental graveyard hate. Yep. Oh, so yeah, Blue Red Delver was running it. So it's been popping up in Blue Red Delver. Right. Because think how good it is in the mirror, right? Yeah. All right. So showing up in Blue Red Delver, uh, Just Guy Control, Goblins, uh, Grixis, Slivers, Bomberman, Merfolk, and Elves are all uh, lists that have uh, placed in the last couple weeks all running unlicensed hearse. So definitely wide applicability. Mm. Um, so that's, that's a pretty interesting card that we didn't notice when uh, spoilers came out. Now, David, you were saying in the pre-show that uh, magic online leagues have, have sucked lately. Did you want to expand that? Why, why, why are the leagues sucking for you? 
Well, because I play Death and Taxes and I can't combo anybody out of the, <laughs> oh, the okay. universe, you know? I mean, I was playing Rayman and I was like, yeah, Gristle Brand! Like, it's so much better than, uh, you know, playing this super honest game of, of Magic. Uh, you know, and I threw you that league and I haven't played Rayman in forever. So, um, it's it's nice, a breath of fresh air to play in leagues. But honestly, I've been avoiding a lot of the prelims and the challenges and stuff this whole time because I don't know how they work. So I've been playing leagues and it hasn't been going well. And I think I'm going to have to start figuring out how to play in a prelim or a challenge because uh, the leagues are just, um, you know, unfun, really. Hmm. I've had an I mean, I've been enjoying leagues, but I also play leagues at like the weirdest hours. Like I'm firing up a league at like 3 a.m. East Coast time. So I'm playing against like the people who are already staying up late on California time. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting, in, I'm getting into like like uh, Japanese time as well. <laughs> right. And uh, Japanese lists are always weird. Yep. So I definitely have a, a unusual uh, league experiment experience. Um, oh, also, I guess before we move on from Red Prison, the other interesting other interesting card that. uh um oh i'm sorry not uh uh red prison but the goblins list that top aided uh they're running the uh unlicensed terse but then the also relatively new card they're running is uh fable of the mirror breaker have you had any experience against this card david uh no i haven't but the synergies seem uh wild right so uh this isn't goblins this is mono red prison but if you play Fury, which is a house against Death and Taxes, and you have this thing in play, you just copy the Fury and you can deal eight damage to like Gristlebrand or something, right? Right. Yeah. So Fable of the Mirror Breaker, it's uh, a saga for two and a red. Uh, it's level one is create a two, two red goblin shaman creature token with whenever this creature attacks, create a treasure token. Level two is you may discard up to two cards if you do draw that many cards. And then level three is exile it and then return it to the battlefield transformed and it's transformed side is uh basically a uh two two uh kiki jiki that costs one to activate so it's one and tap create a token that's a copy of another target non-legendary creature you control except it as haste sacrifice it at the beginning of the next 10 step so not quite a kiki jiki that can go in- infinite because you have to pay one each time you copy it but that's still pretty good yeah super cool card yeah, and no, I'm sorry. Did you say the mono red lists were running it too? Oh yeah, they are. The mono yeah. the mono red lists are also running Fable of the Mirror Breaker. So both unlicensed Turst and Fable of the Mirror Breaker is kind of breathing some new life into the mono red prison lists. Uh, anything else you guys see from uh, kind of the top eight of the challenge, Pat? I know your favorite deck that made uh, top eight. Yeah, fuck you, Jerry. <laughs> uh, for, for everyone who doesn't know uh cephalid breakfast is one of uh, yeah. Pat's favorite decks oh yeah i love it Big and fan. that's that's kind of what i wanted to talk about is the state of combo in the meta right now mm. is like looking at this challenge the only combo decks that we see in the top 16 are two copies of cephalid breakfast which you know one would be interesting two is uh definitely noteworthy and then an oops all spells is really the mm-hmm. only uh, combo decks that we're seeing here. So combo is definitely suffering in the meta right now. It seems like. Well, there's like, like, would you call like the goblins list like a co- like kind of like a combo list? I wouldn't call it. No, it has twenty nine no. creatures. Pat, it has twenty nine yeah, creatures. The creature combo. Yeah, I call it creature synergy more than creature combo. Yeah, no, I take that back. This is not the list I was thinking of. Like I, I think yeah. in order to be a combo deck, you need to when you combo, you need to either win the game on the spot or mm. you know win very shortly afterwards, a uh, consistent number of times. Like, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. but I know by that definition, even a reanimator is barely a combo deck because a lot of times <laughs> it's a few turns before you win. But it just it it's like art, Pat. You know, you know when something's art, you know when a deck is a combo deck. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right. Um. But yeah, it, it's so weird seeing like, yeah, there's just so many like legacy looks like I can't think of a like a two year period in, in the history of the format that I, since I've been playing where the format looks so different than it did two years ago. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's well, that, just so that's what know. a banning it's will do for you. I think the bannings were long overdue and 
we we're seeing a lot more like cool decks come back in the fall, but now well, it's-, I, I, it's not even that it's like, it's just the, the, the sheer amount of cards that have been released in the last two years that are in decks now, you know what I mean? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is. Yeah. I don't know. How, I don't know how good that is for the format. I'm not going to lie, but yeah, I definitely feel the format needs to slow down, but I feel that's what we've been getting the last uh, like six months or so. I've been very happy with, you know, the pace of things like sure. Getting, yeah. getting ledger shredder and uh, unlicensed hearse as our like right. legacy playables. Like that is the level that I am happy with of like, Hey, these cool cards are cool. And they're going into some underrepresented decks and making those decks a bit better. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That well, not Ledger Shredder. I'm talking more about Lam Lysen's Terse. Uh, Ledger Shredder, I think, is just still going to be relegated to another blue red Delver mm-hmm. creature. But my point being, like, if that's the level of cards that they're introducing the legacy at this like speed, I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, anything else you guys wanted to talk about the challenge? Um, no, just there's too much blue red Delver in it. That's for sure. Yeah, still yeah. too much blue red Delver, but it, I don't think that it's nearly as uh, oppressive as it used to be. I think we're just okay. seeing that much blue red Delver just because there's still just a ton of people who just have blue red Delver decks still. And it's also I feel there's a fair amount of people who built blue red Delver, and now they're like, well, I can either continue to play blue red Delver or buy Mishra uh, Mishras, and I just don't want to yeah. buy Mishras, so I'm stuck. There are there are eight. There are eight Blue Delver decks in the top 32. So it's it's a lot. There's a lot of them. But yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, there's also a lot of other decks. It's like, well, well, that's, hold on. Time out. That is a dumb thing you just said. I know that was just a John Madden. Like, I know that was like, a John Madden. Like Delver, okay, hold on. Delver is 25% of the top 32. Hold on. Hold on. But it, what, what I'm trying to say is like what it used to be is like it used to be. It's like. Well, there's only like eight copies of Grixis Delver. And then it's like, yeah, there's eight copies of Grixis Delver and then five copies of Blue Red Delver and four copies of Rug Delver. You know, right. this is this is miserable. It's like, yeah, we have eight. Totally. Copies oh, yeah. Of, I see. Of I see. Red Delver, I see but saying. there's still like other decks. It's not just like yes, different yeah, yeah, flavors yeah. of Blue Red Delver. I got you. <laughs> yeah. OK. OK. That that I get. That's fair. But the way you said it was just super dumb. <laughs> the way I said it was definitely a John Madden. You know, gen- generally yeah, the team yeah, that scores yeah. the most There's a lot of other decks there. Generally, the yes, team that scores the most points is going to be the one that wins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of uh, what the challenge was looking like. Yeah. Nice. Another reason combo might not be around is that I keep beating Omni uh, Omniscience. <laughs> uh, yeah, I beat like turn two Omni the other day. I have been having a pretty hard time. Like I, I'm, I basically have just been going like three, two with sneak and show and all the leagues that I enter and yeah. it just, I kind of get tired of it. So I, I have not been representing the combo players either just because it's not as enjoyable to play as it used to be. Yeah. Cause why play combo when you can play eight casts and hit like a turn for a bunch of dudes or play Delver and hit a turn three or four Murktide region or play, I don't know, mono red and have a turn one, three ball and a turn two bunch of dudes swinging at you. You know, I mean, combo like combo now is like this cephalid thing, which is like 80 cards in this fair <laughs> plan and your Naya depths, which is like this mid range combo thing. Um, you know, cause I was playing Naya depths too. And that's just like, Oh, I'll just beat you with a night of the world. Curry. I don't need dark depths um, because people just have to shoot like six different angles to win the game. Now, um, Unless you want to play oops and just like roll the dice, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why why we're in this position is is why you know why combo isn't really around is that you can't really do one thing and uh, and win. I will say for for the sake of combo, uh, A and T, uh, piloted by good old demonic tutors, has been doing extremely well. Um, if you guys want to look his record up, I think he's won like challenges in the last month. I mean, like three or four, maybe and top eight of a bunch of other ones. So he's trying to revitalize that uh, archetype. And that one, um, <clears throat> it sort of makes more sense because it does sort of grind more with the thought seizes and, you know, it goes off turn three or four. Um, but that might be the only one that I'm thinking of as like a combo deck that you could play. That's, you know, quote unquote, a true combo deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys yeah. agree with me, but yeah, I mean, that's uh, the only thing I'm seeing yeah. here. It, no, it's true. I mean, I, I kind of going back to what you said before that that resonated with me is I feel we're not seeing A, B combo decks anymore that you're right, yeah. that it's like it's gotten too hard 
or it's gotten too easy to hate out AB combo decks. And as a result, uh, we're just instead seeing a bunch of like, yeah, we're a combo deck, but I also have a B, C, and D plan as well. Yeah. I mean, you need the whole alphabet nowadays. It's just these long, long games and long angles. And there's like the separate win con thing. And yeah, even with the Fable Mirror Breaker in, in Mono Red, it's like, okay, well, I have the Fable Mirror Breaker and that's just going to give me a little more value. And the Unlicensed Hearse is going to give me a little more value so I can just get that edge over somebody else. And just like blowing people out with a combo besides like maybe reanimator. But last time I heard of reanimator, it was like a bunch of decks in the challenge and it wasn't doing so well. So Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I can see it. Only the future will tell. Uh, I think, I still think legacy is probably in a pretty healthy spot. I think really what we need is we just need more paper tournaments uh, to get a better idea. And I think we're going to start getting them, which is, which is good to see. Right. Cause you look at this and you're like, well, it's the Sunday, or sorry this is the showcase and you're like okay we can get good data from this or we can look at the sunday challenge and get good data from that but the saturday challenge nobody goes to and leagues like i said are a trash can and you know you're getting limited and in the places you can look for this you know so-called like good data um which maybe is because legacy online at least maybe people are are not playing it as much i mean it's it's hard i definitely think like the cost is a factor and it's also you know people are can go back outside again you know covid yeah COVID's kind of winding down. So people, and it's also just the summer. Like we usually see a slump in magic mm-hmm. online attendance in the summer in general every year. That makes sense. So yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep watching it, seeing what happens. I'll keep playing magic mm-hmm. online leagues. Well, you get to put the gristle brand in the play. I don't get that yet. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it's, it's hard. Like I've, I've been having a very hard time with, uh, with sneak and show lately. Like, like you said, there's just, there's just a lot of different things that you got to deal with. It's not the, uh, you know, the one, two punch it used to be. Yep. Cause you know, maybe combo comes back and it's some card that isn't a combo, but it revitalizes a combo to some extent. Like you saw this with ant a little bit, like with peer and the abyss and the hermit thing. Um, but I don't know if they're going to be printing like another show and tell or another, you know, omniscience anytime soon. Those are just, such a you know old card that are so powerful yeah i mean in order for combo to come back you we need to see like a pretty distinct meta shift um you know something needs to change to to cause people to move away from all these like i don't know something like something needs to happen that kind of just restricts how wide some of these decks can go like i just feel wizards has printed so many good answers in the last couple of years it's really hard to compete with those answers hmm. but yeah we'll see yeah yeah we'll see yeah it is kind of nice that one card from each set recently is sort of being added to legacy i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but it is sort of refreshing. historically it's been a good thing like that's how it was for years and years and years and, and legacy was very healthy and then like the horizon sets came out and that that's when everything got turned on its ear. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's good to see we're kind of moving back to that. You know, wizards is at least listening. It, it seems like, uh, well, Pat, should we get into some scoops and boops? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, let's get into scoops, Jerry scoops. Who do you want to scoop in a top eight this week? Uh, I am going to scoop in. You know, I don't actually have any scoops, Pat. I'm 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 net neutral this week. Okay, all right. Uh, David, how about you? Who do you want to scoop in the top eight this week? Uh, I just want to scoop in the legacy community in the top eight. You know, the way nice. that everyone is able to almost spontaneously organize events and get together um, has been really wonderful to see. And I don't think other formats or even other games has that sort of power. Awesome, that's a good scoop. What about you, Pat? Uh, I'm going to scoop in our latest patron, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Matt Hackbert, has come back into the fold, and he is uh, supporting the show. So shout out to Matthew. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Matt. And yeah, that also bears uh, repeating, too, that, uh, you know, all the Patreon stuff we get, we get guys go straight into either paying our editor or we put it back into the LAL open events. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Maybe, maybe if we get enough patrons, Pat, we can start a wing budget and just start uh, doing doing hot sauce giveaways at the Leo. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be awesome. You know, it'd be really good is if like the winner has to like eat a hot wing with us and then take <gasps> the winner's picture. That'd be really good too. That's awesome. Everyone's just sweating. Let's make it. Let's yeah. make it painful, Jerry. Make it painful. Make it painful. <laughs> uh, before the tournament, we can do a wing eating contest. And if you make it through all 10 oh. hot sauces, you get a buy. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually awesome. That is awesome. I wonder how many people would actually do that just for a freaking buy. I think a fair. I, I, I think a lot of, a lot more would than you think, but it would I think really a lot would attempt it. I think a lot would attempt it and we'd probably get like a 50% pass rate. What are you saying that magic players don't have the constitution, Jerry, to eat 10 hot wings? Come on. Come on. It's not it's not the 10 hot wings, it's the hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, that's true. Well, some of them don't have the constitution to shower. So yeah, I yeah. Yeah, I, I I'm a I'm a hot sauce connoisseur. I feel I have a pretty robust hot sauce palette. And uh a couple of those were pretty difficult to get through. No, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so, all right. One more thing before we get out of here. Are you a, are you a drummy or a flat guy, Jerry? Oh, always got to go with the drumsticks. Always the drumsticks. Okay. Uh, uh, and, and David, are you a drummy or a flats guy? The flats. How do you, I don't know how you eat a drum properly. Ugh. You just like suck it off like a caveman. This is why you play sneaking yeah, show. So- huh? The 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 flats are annoying because like they got the two bones. I don't want to be like fighting in between the bars of a cage. Jerry, to wait, get have you meat. not? Okay, there's a technique. Yeah, show him the technique. Have you not learned the twist, Jerry? Yes, the twist. I, I'm not a fan of the twist. I'm not a fan of the twist. I I prefer just. But you'll but you'll hold the drumstick like a two year old and eat, eat, eat the drumming. <laughs> like a two year old, the way, the way yeah. God intended. So, the way God Jerry, we should we should split a box of hot wings sometime, man. Like I'll get all the the flats, you get all the drummies. It is it is true that that's why me and my girlfriend work together so well is because she's a flats and I'm a drumstick. So that way yeah. we just we so, clear the plate. So David and your girlfriend and myself are right and you're wrong. That's cool. <laughs> that's fine. Hey, all that means is I get more drumsticks to myself. Sounds like you three are splitting all the flats <laughs> and I'm getting all the drumsticks to myself. It's true. There, there is, there is a 50, 50 split of them. So <laughs> what, what I will say about the flats is that if, if you or, or the twist is that if it isn't cooked properly, you can't actually do it. And it just turns into a whole mess where See, the bone won't actually go out. Yeah, it's bad. But that's a, but, but the, the good news is that if it's not cooked properly, then, you know, it's not even worth eating. So you can just toss that. Exactly. You know, See, my, my problem my problem with the flats is when i was a little kid eating the flats and biting into it and then being that like big like thick vein in the flat and that just grossed the best part jerry no that's, that's the best part that's gross oh uh, i eat the cartilage too uh, get it all nope <laughs> i mean I'll eat if the i wasn't worried about it puncturing my intestines i'd eat the bones <laughs> You gotta get your money's worth, you know. I mean, times are tough. Exactly. I just picture, I just picture like Pat at the vet, and his vet's like, "Now remember, don't let your dog eat uh, eat the bones. It's bad for them." And Pat's just like, uh, "What about humans?" Yeah, good. Yeah, good. More for me. Yeah. Can humans eat the bones? Say less. Say less. You gotta God. get all the sauce off of the wing. You know, they're difficult to eat, but if you just inhale them, you know that all of the the good stuff is gone where it needs to go. I just, just, I just love the, the drums flats have so much so more meat. because you can. The drums have so you, much more get, meat. No, 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 no. False, false. Because I see, I've seen some thick ass bones in those drummies, like thick ass bones. So that's the other thing is like all flats are more or less the same size. Like flats have a pretty consistent size. Whereas with drumsticks, like sometimes you can have like some Arnold Schwarzenegger chickens yeah. that just have like <laughs> the most beefy so, drumsticks ever. Sometimes you get actual big boned chickens in there, you know? <laughs> yeah, sometimes true. Being big boned is only true in the chicken world. It's not uh, true. In the that's why world. I play combo, Pat. I'm all about high variance, high risk, high reward. That drumstick can either so, have all so the meat or none the, of the meat. The great thing about flats is that like once you do the twist, you basically have a boneless wing. You just eat the whole thing in one exactly. bite. Just it's eat a just boneless like so wing. So much less work. They just get a boneless. No, that, wing. those are chicken nuggets. No, 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 no. Yeah, We're exactly. not eating chicken nuggets. Yeah, We're boneless wings. Boneless wings are for children, Jerry. And I don't like children. There's no boneless wings in my house. Both my kids eat wings and they're savages. It's great. Bone and wings, baby. All right. All right. Let's get out of here before we get into a whole other debate about the right way to eat wings. About wings. Yeah. Yeah. Would you eat the last dab again, though, Jerry? Oh, I would go through it again. I mean, it's, it's yes, painful. I would too. 
it's there like, it's like, it's like, like what birth. is the deal? It's, it's like giving birth. You know, it's painful in the moment, but you're you're happy afterwards. <laughs> I have to say the last dad that I had was wasn't it wasn't like a coated. It wasn't a coated wing. It was just literally a wing with like I put a dab on it and ate it, you know, so, just, oh, to, just to try it. You want to oh, know so you didn't even do it the right way. Oh, well, I didn't have like like we 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 got wings and I'm like, oh, you have some of the last dab. I wasn't going to eat take like all their hot sauce. So I'm like, let me just try it. Let me just try it. So there's there's definitely a strategy here. So what I did is uh, so when I ate it, I like rolled my lips back <laughs> so that like my lips, my lips. <laughs> oh, that's that is a horrifying. That is a <laughs> yeah. horrifying mental picture, Jerry. I, I rolled just, like, my lips back. <laughs> I rolled my lips back. So it was like just just my teeth. And I like I tore the tore the wing off with just my teeth. I like put my tongue in the back of my mouth so my tongue wouldn't touch it. Oh my god! <laughs> I tore it and I, I, I chewed it on my molar really quickly and then swallowed it without letting it touch as touching as little of my mouth as possible is how I got through the last dab. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is that if you guys were on hot ones, uh, the interviewer, Sean, would be giving you a lot of shit about the way you're eating the ones. <laughs> Probably. I mean, like no one can watch Jerry eat that because however he eats that, it's gotta be horrifying. So, so the other thing about hot ones is you're allowed to bring whatever you want to, uh, to like nullify the heat. And so uh, before doing this challenge, I looked up like the science of like capsaicin and how it works and, you know, what the best counters uh, are. And I found the best counter is actually just pure lemon juice mixed with sugar. So as I I was, I don't think that's a real thing. Yes, it is a 100% a real thing. Look it up. And as I was going through the challenge, I had a cup of pure lemon juice and sugar, and I was just drinking that during the challenge to nullify the heat. Why would you want to drink that? You don't want to drink it, but it's either that or like suffer and cry on the floor as you're, you know, eating this hot sauce. But you're already eating hot sauce and it already sucks. So you're going to drink something else that also sucks just to counter it? Well, no. Because that also sucks? Like lemon lemon juice with sugar added into it is kind of just like thick, uh, thick lemonade is kind of what it tastes like. <laughs> Like you add, you add so much sugar to it that it like starts to emulsify and it starts becoming kind of a solid, like that's the amount of sugar that you add to this, to this lemon juice. Jerry, thick lemonade is my stage name. Did you know that? (laughs) I did know that actually. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's, let's, let's wrap this up. I know before I give away too many, too many uh, secrets so that uh, people can make it through the challenge. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, David, thanks for hanging out this week, man. It was good talking to you. Yeah. Good talking to you guys. Hell yeah. Awesome. All right. We'll catch you all next week. Bye.